Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host Steve. Hey, how's it going, Hockey fans? And, uh, you know, we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks at a head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. You know, we'll mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss the NWHL and other happenings around the hockey world. So be sure to subscribe to our channel and uh, follow Pigeon Hockey on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, let us know what you think. And be sure to comment and share hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. Uh, so that said... Uh, actually, kind of starting on a kind of a sad note there, Steve. Uh, the loss of Joey Moss in Edmonton. Yeah, like you were saying, I you know I would I would not have known the impact he had on the community because I never lived in Edmonton. But after you know, reading the article and seeing you know the coverage on him, it's 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 a big loss. You know, it's amazing the local hockey people in a city like that that can have such an impact on the community. So um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Honestly, I didn't know who he was. I. I saw a tweet from Calgary actually uh, that retweeted Edmonton and talked about the loss. And I basically, you know, decided to read the story there. I think it was on sportsnet.ca. And uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, wow, this, this guy had such a big enough impact where the rivals are, are tweeting about him. Like it's been like every hockey player that ever came through Edmonton has a picture with him in a story. And I'm like, like this guy had such an impact. Dude, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky. This guy, like hockey hall of fame talk, right there, man. I'm, you know, you, you've got those like, was it those Vancouver Canucks fans that wear the little weird suits? And oh, that was the green, the, the green men. Yeah, yeah, right. Like they're hockey hall of famers, right? At this point, if I'm if I'm not cor- incorrect, you, you have to take a look, man. I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't quote. I can't quote. Uh, oh, or, look, but um, but it's somebody yeah. like this, Joey Moss, man. We're talking hockey hall of fame level. Like the amount of players he impacted in his time. Uh, dealing with the Oilers is just staggering. I was absolutely stunned. And the tweets don't stop. You look at Twitter right now. Anybody look at Twitter right now. There's some hockey player out there talking about the impact of Joey Moss. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, may he rest in peace. It's it's definitely a massive loss for the hockey world. And it's great to see what an impact he had in on the world of hockey. And, yeah, it's just definitely a big loss. You know, it's no different than the St. Louis Blues. And sorry, everybody, I'm terrible with names. I'm not trying to sound, you know, the little girl that had cancer. You know, yes. that was their inspiration for them to win the cup, right? There's Absolutely. That's where the sport, you know, is bigger than just the game itself because of the people and impacts outside of the sport. So you see stories like that, you know, people that have done that. It's just unfortunate, like I said, for everybody else. You don't know about this guy until he passed away. I'd love to know more about people. And the impact they have, you know, beforehand, you know, and the one thing I will say, though, is Hockey Night in Canada, they do the hometown hockey, you know, things in the U.S. We don't get to see that quite as much. Right. You may not even know what I'm referring to right now, but they do their home hometown hockey, homegrown heroes and things along those lines. People that are impacting the game in smaller communities on a larger level. Right. So, yeah, and that that ties perfectly into that because there's so many stories of people, you know, uh, with a love of the game that just have such a tremendous impact. So right. And that's actually, it's Layla Anderson. That's who you were talking yeah, about. Go, St. Louis. I, I, and so her, no, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't uh, remember her name, but dude, she got like a Stanley cup ring and everything. Like she was, I guarantee you history will never be able to prove me wrong, but I guarantee you the blues don't win the cup without Layla. Yeah. Well, they, Sometimes you need something bigger to yeah, fight for than mm-hmm. a, than a silver trophy. Yeah. So no, I could, See, again, I, I don't know if I'll go quite that far, but there are some players in that team that 
were close to her and that they needed to, they needed to dig deep and find, you know, how am I going to block this shot when my leg is all bruised up? Well, there's my inspiration, right? She's yep. going through a hell of a lot more. I'll block that shot. So, right. you know, I'm not saying what you're saying is egregious, you know, but I agree with you that, you know, there there's inspiration for stuff. Because to be honest with you, when I'm being a total little wimp, I look at Terry Fox, who is up in my, you know, my, my what we call our uh, extended kitchen lounge area. But I look at that poster, I'm like, yeah, I need to shut up and just go back to doing what I'm doing because I didn't have my leg amputated from cancer and run a marathon a day. <laughs> so, Dude, you know, honestly, and, yeah, you got to have those people look up to him. I'm actually surprised here you didn't look up to Phil Kessel. I mean, he survived cancer and he's, you know, on your on your team there. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's well, he he's on quote unquote on my team. He exists on the team. <laughs> yeah, and so and, and speaking of a, a team that uh, actually may be on the up and up here, can we talk about how the Senators have signed yet another depth player in your boy? Okay, so you know, full disclosure again, a little halves bias. However, when that Domi Galchenyuk trade happened, I thought it was the best for both worlds. Both teams, you know, these players just weren't quite panning out. They both knew they weren't going to sign them long term. And it was just time to shake it up, right? So Galchenyuk coming on over. Now, Galchenyuk had a slower start, had some injuries. It's been his biggest problem is just staying healthy. But had some injuries to start things out. And then, you know, going and talking system wasn't necessarily the most ideal system from right away. But it did help improve his defensive game. But from January till I think it was, what, they finished in April, he was the hottest player on the Coyotes. He was getting goals. He got a bigger role in the team. You could see him catching steam. And then, unfortunately, for Galchenyuk, what happens in Pittsburgh? Gets bit by a spider before the season starts. This is the first little <laughs> while. And it's funny. You have to laugh at it because the guy's got no luck. The one season, he was just ripping it up for the Habs. He hurts his knee again. And he's yeah. out, and he was on fire. So he's got – he's one of these players that has the potential. You can see it in him. He can rip a hell of a shot. And when he's yeah. confident on the breakaway, he's almost money. But it's all about confidence and finding his groove. Yeah. He's on a young Ottawa Senators team where he's going to be looked up as to more of a veteran and just going to be told, go play your game hard. It helped Anthony declare. Now, the part that I'm laughing at, though. So he was like, what, uh, what was he, 2012 third overall-ish? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a veteran already. Yep. Yep. Okay, Went behind Yakupov, and Yakupov has done very little. They both had amazing careers. (laughs) (laughs) Yakupov is still in existence right now, man, so – you know, back to the Galchenia, back to the Senators. There's mm-hmm. people making comments without actually looking into stuff. Don't be that person. Like, go back. Don't look at what the Senators looked like last season because the Senators were a team that was a to play against. Yes, they So were. They, they finished slow down in the ratings, but, man, they knocked teams off. They were a pain in the butt. And they just wouldn't go away. Now they're upgrading their talent. They've cleaned a lot of players out. They've got Murray. They've got people that want to make an impact. Gilchenyuk's got to do something this year if he wants to get his payday and wants to get back. So they've got a lot of young talent that want to prove themselves, and they got a lot of steals. Like, you know, when you look back at their lineup, a lot of the guys they traded for performed, and then their younger guys were stepping it on up. So yeah. they could surprise a lot of people. Now, do I think they're necessarily going to make the playoffs? 
Uh, so, so I'm going on the side that I think they're just barely going to miss it, but they're going to give a hell of a push and shock a bunch of teams. So the Senators got out of a lot more pieces to their team. So that division is going to be tough, and I don't like this if this happens because it just means less Canadian teams are going to make the playoffs, less chances of it. When this year I thought there was going to be a bigger push for well, – This is in 2018. I don't think we're – what year was it when there's not one – Canadian team. Yeah, it was something uh, like that. that the I'm sorry, I'm the American in this uh, in this uh, chat here, as I'm from Buffalo, and Steve here is from uh, someplace in Canada. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I'm in terms of an all Canadian division. How does this look on the league, though, with COVID potential restrictions? Like, do they just keep playing each other? Like, how does this look? How does the how does the schedule look if you have an all Canadian division and you have guys that have to go up to Canada to quarantine? Like, is it like are they going to have like the Pacific Division, which would have to obviously be restructured? Uh, I just quarantine I, what, what, for two weeks to play. I, I don't and, know. I don't know if it's going to be like that, where they you know there's time off, right? They get time off to fly, or just just it could just be a ton of testing, right? The, mm-hmm. the biggest the biggest issue they're going to have, right, because the, the playoffs, you know, and I say it's easier, right? I, again, it's not easy being away from your family for almost a three-month stretch for those who made the cup finals, right? However, fun. however, though, if I was getting paid even a league minimum at 700000 a year, I, I can do it. But anyway, but for a whole year, different story, right? So how, you know, you're right. How is this going to shape up? Well, then they must, they're going to have to have many bubbles going on. And an epic ton of testing. But the problem is, the NHL did a phenomenal job at this. Yes, they did. NBA did a good job. MLB- I honestly think the NBA took the NHL's, like, calling out the nope. NBA here. But the NHL did a fantastic job with being the first league to step up and produce a league out of COVID. And the NBA took that, and they did one up. With their well, we did like Danny Show did the hard work, truthfully, mm-hmm. and the NBA took that easy stuff, and then they just upped it. With I like how the NBA, and I don't watch basketball. For anybody listening to this, if you ask me about anything basketball, I can tell you that the Boston Celtics had Larry Bird when I was a kid. I'm a big Michael Jordan fan and love what he just did. I think in Charlotte, North Carolina, with creating another like i think he donated another like seven mil or something to be able to provide medical support for people who have health insurance and stuff like awesome but beyond that man i don't know i don't i know lebron james is is a basketball player right i don't know enough about basketball i don't i don't like it as a sport i don't it just doesn't i'm from buffalo we had football and hockey point was the nhl did a great job the nba did a good job with the bubble right and you could have an actual NHL season. I just don't know how they're going to do it. And no, I, I'm just, I don't know how they actually shift the divisions here with these NHL. They'd have to, they'd have to find a way to get in like, okay, the Canadians teams play the Pacific. Div- I don't know. Like, honestly, I would love to get paid to figure it out because I love problems like this. So National well, Hockey League, if you're well, listening... But- but, yeah. I'm your COVID guy. <laughs> the, the bigger the bigger issue right now is the once again bigger than the sport because if it's not being contained properly, and right. every every country in the world now except for New Zealand is struggling with this because you know of trying to open stuff up. People, well, Australia ain't struggling with this. Australia, if if no one else has watched, because I'm a huge Aussie rules fan, uh, Richmond Tigers. 
Ah, back-to-back years are now, uh, you know, grand final champions here as they beat the Geelong Cats. Uh, and so anybody else that's a big Aussie Rules fan, definitely uh, tune in on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let me know that you also watch Aussie Rules football. But continue. Yeah, but as well, anyway. So, okay, so Australia. Oh, the reason I'm bringing that up is, dude, they had 30,000 people mm-hmm. at the grand final in Canes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple days ago, thirty. They're all packed in there, like sardines. They've controlled it. They're an island, you know. They're really massive island, mm-hmm. but they're an well, island well, and they control okay, it. So, what, so when did this game happen again? Because I did not watch it. I will uh, it happened. Uh, happened this weekend. Okay, and so got to give us the two... grand final, right? They've been leading up to this, but the thing is, if you watch the beginning of the season again, this is Aussie rules football. They didn't allow people into the arenas, and then they slowly but surely you started seeing like, oh look, there's a couple thousand fans, and we're talking about arenas that were meant for thirty, forty, fifty thousand people with two thousand people in it. But oh, this is super exciting to see fans there. And then before you know it, we're talking the grand final here the weekend right before the you know the the Halloween weekend here in the states. And they have an almost packed arena of 30,000 people watching this thing live, and nobody's worried about COVID. And I'm like, well, somebody's handling it. So we, yeah, but, but, the, but my point, yeah, but the point though is what I was going to say to this let's see what happens over the next 10 days. That's the yeah. telling point to see how safe this was, right? So we'll say, okay, so going back to my point of it's not, it's not being contained well, so things got to get back under control. Plus, it's not going to be very easy, right? Because when the NHL was doing this, you know, Canada's numbers were doing okay at that point. They yep. were a lot, a lot better shape, and now they're not. So the Canadian government's going to be a lot more restrictive, and I don't think they want more problems coming across the border. You know, I agree. I agree because it's not it's not worth it for sport. At the end of the day, it's a sport. And yeah. you can't you can't put people's lives at risk for so, a game. So we'll see. Like again, I don't know if it came down to it, the Canadian division and then the, the US, you know, the little bubble divisions is the only way to go about. Well, I'd still like to watch hockey. So if it's the safest way to do it, I'll suck it on up. But I don't like the fact that, you know, now you're only guaranteeing maybe three Canadian teams can actually make it. And like it's I still said, more than a couple years ago. Yeah, but not but not last but not last season, right? So the Habs squeaked <laughs> in. We we were lucky, and I admit that. Yeah, you know, yeah, we were yeah. Because were, you know, they were the Canadian team that were left out. So, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, talking about COVID and talking about development of players, uh, what do you think of the OHL's rules of no contact? And again, for the sake of these are young guys, right? Young people are not immune from this. So, young guy, great shape in his thirties no pre-existing conditions and he had to sleep upright for two days because if he slept down, if he was in a prone position, he was done for. He just couldn't breathe. And yeah. it scared the hell out of him. So for everybody that thinks they're super invisible, this is just a flu. You can get a mild case of this, right? It's all about viral load. You catch a, you catch a mild case of it, you can get over it, but you can be reinfected. That's the other thing. So this yeah. thing just isn't magically going away. So OHL, young guys, somebody could get really sick. They can spread it to their billet families, into the community, and again, make it worse. Because And that's what the people have to consider is if you're talking like OHL teams and a lot of teams, like even for us here in, in Utah, we have uh, you know the Ogden Mustangs, who I followed, that were WSHL last year, and now they're uh, USPHL. Uh, but they have billet families, and you have to consider the billet families in these considerations. That these, t- these are families that 
don't make a lot of money because you, de- you definitely lose way more money than you make uh, hosting a player, you know, that are putting these players up in their homes at their own expense with maybe a couple hundred bucks compensation. But if anybody's ever met a 16 year old boy, they'll eat a lot and mm-hmm. they won't stop eating until they're maybe 23, 24. They'll slow down. So they eat a lot of food and. You know, depending on these billet family situations, you know, they could be in contact with a couple kids, the parents here, and then they're talking about the grandparents and that stuff spreads. And it's a massive consideration if, you know, the OHL is actually going to be getting back onto the ice in, what is it, February? Is it start date for the OHL? Yeah, yeah. Because I think the the AHL is considering uh, February. Yeah, so it's January training camp. Now, Going back to the billet families, because this is what people don't consider, right? So the NHL, they've got revenue, right? They can rent a hotel that's already in their budgets. They can't do a bubble for these young kids. Like They can't afford to rent out a whole hotel room for, you know, four months to house them up. It's just not there, right? On the road, it's a different story. You know, it's half their games are on the road. They've got that budgeted in, right? But then it's they're, they're there for a night. Well, actually, they play a lot more, right? They do bang, bang, bang games, and then they go, right? It's not yeah. like the NHL, one game usually and you're back out. Yep. So it's a lot bigger problem. So, again, I'm watching people's comments, and people just aren't taking everything into consideration. Some hockey is better than no hockey. We got that this summer. We got yeah, it. no contact is no contact. It's it's not going to stay. Yeah. And honestly, I don't 100% disagree with no contact at that level. I think once but, but look, I, look at European leagues, okay? There's not as much contact. The ice surface, so there's just a lot more ice. There's not the only time there's a need is the corners and a guy coming across the blue line not paying attention. Right? You're still gonna you're still gonna blast them, but it's not as much physical play. So right. it, it's it's the thing is it'll open up the game. And like I heard one guy's complaint was, oh, it's going to be like 30, 33 to thirty games. Well, no, it's not. You know, it's not going to be that. You can still play defense. So I'm like, it's still not. So simple. Is he talking shots on net or goal? Goals. Yeah, these are comments that drive me nuts, right? Like the whole idea about non-contact, they don't want fighting. They don't want big body checks. They don't want scrums, right? You're still going to be able to edge a guy off the puck. That's going to be legal, yeah. right? And look at women's hockey when it comes to this, when we watch the Olympics, right? It's getting – It's those games are getting a little bit more exciting, right, because other nations are starting to get better. But when Canada and the U.S. play – there's oh, it's a great time. dude. They brawl. I love when they brawl. Like I'm a I'm a hockey fan. Like when when they brawled, uh, was it the last Olympics or the last hockey championships? Like the last hockey championships. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. And me and you are going to be actually getting into women's hockey uh, here later in the in the podcast here. But that, that's what you said right there. When more teams start getting into it, and more teams start becoming. You know, when it isn't just, oh, who's going to win the gold medal, U.S. or Canada? When you're talking like, oh, it could be Sweden, Finland. Mm-hmm. Czech Republic, Germany's program in, in, on the men's side is coming up. Yeah, well, when, when you're talking about like these other countries that are going to be able to come up in women's hockey, that's when women's hockey really, I think, will take that next step forward. But that's a little bit later in the conversation. Well, let's just let's just hatch it out now. We're there. Let's just right. jump into it. All right, let's just jump into it. Okay. All right. Are you triggering me on the National Women's Hockey League? Because that's no, no. really what we spent the bulk of the time talking about. Okay, but but let me take one step back. Right. So yeah. it's it's not. So it's not saying that it's taking any quality out of the game 
by lessening the body contact out of it, right? Because good hockey can be played. So this is just what I ask people again is we were starving without hockey. So to me, if they have to do it to protect these young guys and the families, just do it. It's not it's not gonna be exaggerated. I hate exact really exaggerated posts, right? So you know, yeah. our comments, they just drive me nuts and they put some flipping thought into it, right? So it's yeah. not it's it's not it's not men you know, not even men's league. These are young guys that still want to make a league. They want to make a living out of hockey. They're going to bust their butts. It's still going to be good hockey. Now over the women's side of stuff, you <laughs> you were triggered because it's it because you know in in, in like I'm not going to quote you. I'll let you take over yeah. because of how 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 they want things to be structured. I'll let you roll with your your thoughts. Okay, women's hockey should absolutely get way more attention than it's getting. I love watching women's hockey. I'm a huge Buttes fan. You know, that's right now where I understand that there's a lot of top-end female players that decided to opt out of last season and this season's NWHL and, you know, basically protest the game so that they can get livable wages, which I understand. You know, women's hockey players should have livable wages when the when the se- when the league started you, you can go back to my original twitter account i was stoked in 2015 to hear that not only was there a women's hockey league professional hockey league that was being developed but there was going to be a team in buffalo i'm telling you i've gone to a bunch of the games like i wasn't living in buffalo at the time that announcement was made i was living in england i made sure to get back there and go to a couple games that season and then uh, when i was living back there in Late 2018, I went to a couple more games. It's good hockey. It's really entertaining, fantastic hockey. And I just think that... Great, great sport. You know, great thing. And I'll get to my comments on the women's hockey thing in a second. But it went over how brutal hockey was, what the beginnings of it were, you know, how it went from a Challenge Cup to an actually formally, you know, and it went through all of this, right? It was it was excellent. Of course, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky is one of the narrators. It, you know, our you know constant people throughout it giving his opinion on it, but it was awesome. When the lockout happened, it was one of those things where I watched it to stop getting myself so jaded about the lockout. Now, me going to women's hockey, you know, love Wickenheiser. She's awesome. I want my daughter to, to look up to people like her as a role model because she's Absolutely. such a phenomenal person, awesome competitor. The one point that she does make, and I agree with, is the NHL should be behind them because it's about growth of the game. Oh, I agree with that completely. Okay, okay, I wasn't yeah, on that yeah, rant no, yet. No, like no, the, I, I was, look no, the NBA, NBA, like okay, our first podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Like I said, I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't putting words in your mouth and saying you said that. Like I'm just going my opinion. I agree right. with her on that. Now, if you want the sport to accelerate, if they can get more sponsors, you know, and right now it's hard to ask the NHL for money because their revenues, you know, they're you know, the ticket Kate stuff really hurt, right? So it's yeah. hard to ask for them to tap into it. But if they can help them get it up off the ground so these women can focus on, you know, instead of having a, a full-time job, you know, and there's other sports because I believe, you know, professional lacrosse players have jobs. I think some CFL yeah. guys did too at times, right? So what I'm saying yeah. is that they can focus for a good five or ten years just on hockey playing the games, getting out, promoting it, and doing that yep. year-round, it will help accelerate the growth. Now, it will, and I, I just don't believe that stepping out of the league and basically saying we deserve living wages now when the league's only a few years old and the CWHL collapsing itself like a dying star is the right time to go, well, we deserve more money. Yeah. 
you're you're the grassroots level players. You're like you're the ones that establish those eight or nine year olds that maybe in in you know seven or eight years can get drafted into the National Women's Hockey League that might might be close to making a living wage. I honestly I think the NHL gave again somebody can correct me fifty or hundred thousand to support National Women's Hockey League this year, and I'm like that's a joke. Like you guys. You've got to, they play 20 games a year. There, there's a way you can get up to some reasonable level. You can pay these players a reasonable living wage to where if they wanted to make crazy money, they can get a second job. But if they wanted to promote and dedicate their life to the sport, they could do it. I can give, you know, more of a researched opinion. But right. like for, for me, it's about growing the game, right? And Batman took heat always take seat constantly because, you know, Canadians want to see more, you know, again, hockey teams in Canada. And as a Canadian, I would love to see it, but the growth is in the U S because that's where, you know, there's just more Our money. Population's 10 times more than yours. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. So that's the big reason. But if you want to grow the game, you know, back up and even more, you have to expand into women's hockey. Yep. You have to keep 100%. making those pushes and that's what's going to help. So yeah, the N- the NHL I do believe needs to partner up more. And and like I said, do I think they should be right away getting like a seven hundred thousand a year contract? And my answer is going to be no, not at that point. No. Because but should they get to a fifty to eighty thousand? Yeah. Yes. That, that's a, li- a livable wage. We're up to a hundred thousand. That's then, more but, than I make. Well, that's what I'm saying. But that's <laughs> what you're, you're, well, that's and they're getting to play twenty games a year. Yeah, well, that's like, what I'm, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying is, but then to include on that 20 games a year, okay? So, because look, to play, if they got, a, let's just say they got 80,000 to play, and I got to look into this, right? So anybody out there that, again, that before they come after us, because I want to get more educated on this, right, is I have to see how much they make, you know, over a course of their 20-game season, right? As right. soon as I have that, then we can make an, you know, you can make a, you know, I'll have a more informed opinion. But what I'm saying is, let's just say the league minimum now was everybody got a hundred thousand, right? Okay, they got a hundred thousand, right. but that's for a full year. So that's going right. to include training, it's going to include the season, but it's going to include all the promotional stuff, camps, and different stuff to grow the game. Like get out there, get younger girls really amped up, get their families excited about you know women's hockey, and then I, at some point, like we could just stop calling it women's hockey. And excited about hockey, right? It's it's another league for us to enjoy. Like that would be, you know, ideally it. But again, we'll go back to this. We'll revisit when I have some time. It won't be this weekend. It's I got two young girls. It's Halloween weekend. But I'll revisit this. I'll take a look and see. Okay, we you know, and you still have a recording on Sunday night. Everyone that's listening, expect yeah. that next recording Sunday night, the first night of November. But. Uh, definitely give them a look. The National Women's Hockey League has just released a whole new set of uh, face masks. Uh, so let's you know protect others while you're out there walking around in public. Uh, go out there, support them, buy some masks, support your team, represent, go Buttes. Yeah, everyone, thank you again for listening. This is Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Steve and Chris. And give us your feedback, people. Uh, we can take it. We're goalies. <laughs> to the point, like just don't throw it in my head and knock yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, the neck. I, I hate. I hate the neck. Not at the neck. Not the kneecap. <laughs> if, if I'm dropping to a butterfly and you get that little sweet spot, don't do it. No. Okay. No. Thank you all again for listening. Pigeonhole hockey. Uh, we'll talk to you later in the week. All right. Have a good one, hockey fans.